Beat on Audio, the podcast for writers and all who are interested in books, literature and the printed word. Write on Audio has moved to a weekly format, splitting our content into shorter themed podcasts. Please be sure to subscribe in your favourite podcast app so you don't miss any of our editions. Write on Audio listener contributions, sharing your writing for the world to hear. Our listener contribution this month is from science fiction writer Tony Ballantyne. Tony's debut novel trilogy, Recursion, Capacity and Divergence, won him considerable critical acclaim and he has since published five other novels and had a number of short stories published in science fiction magazines and journals. Tony also writes non-fiction and blogs about a variety of subjects. Annabelle by Tony Ballantyne with the voices of Madeline White and Chris Gregory. Beginning. It's afternoon when I set out. I'm walking in Saddleworth, a few miles northeast of Manchester. This is the pale autumn of the north of birch and ash and hawthorn when the leaves turn yellow and the colours wash out with a mist. The car park is filled with golden leaves and I wade through them like a child as I walk towards the woods. Through the little gate and then on down the path the dog walkers follow. The path splits and I follow the narrower of the two, the one that keeps seeming to vanish and then reappears a few steps later. I make my way through the waterlogged spaces between the red oaks and sycamores, stepping around the puddles filled with leaves. The path begins to climb up through the birch graves, higher and higher, until I come to the stile that marks the point where I leave the trees and finally step out onto the bare hillside. I walk out under grey sky onto the wide, empty, invisible roads that run in any direction you want and have the feeling of letting go that everything is happening elsewhere and here I am in a place that has its own independent world beauty that doesn't care for the rest of the world. Didn't I introduce myself? I'm Annabelle. I'm a character in the novel that Tony is writing. He's imagining he's me while he takes this walk. That's how he's writing this chapter. He's imagining what it would be like to me. He's imagining the characters in the book walking alongside us. He's thinking about the way I would react to the landscape. I'm an artist. He's wondering what I would think when I see that tree over there, the mountain ash with the leaves tinged with rust. He thinks I would ignore that, that I would draw that tree in the bloom of summer. He thinks that's the sort of person I am. One who imagines a chocolate box world, who lives in an eternal summer in her imagination. But he's wrong. I'm not the character he thought I was. And he only sees that when he runs me up against the world. It's always like that when he first sketches us out. He sees characters in terms of conflict. A way of advancing the plot. He doesn't see the good parts until he inhabits us for a while. I'm climbing higher now, and a pylon looms to my right, throwing its wires across the valley below to another pylon higher up on the farther side. 
And here Tony is wrong again. He thought that I would despise these metal giants, intruders on the natural world. But now he can see that I appreciate their angular geometries sketched in pale grey against the thinning mist. Where did they come from, these silent figures striding into the distance? So here I am at the top of the hill, looking out at the view. You can see Manchester from here, tall on the plain. You can see the beaten tower and the other towers that have sprung up around it in the last few years. I turn and face the other way, towards Saddleworth, where this story is set. From where I stand, I can see one hill and then another and another and the television tower that is always in the distance. That tower is at the centre of all the stories in the book I'm currently writing. Or, I should say, Tony is writing. He's still trying to work out my character. I have a husband, Ludwig. He's German. I have a German surname, which he can't remember at the moment and can't be bothered to look up from his notes. What sort of relationship do I have with my husband? Tony thinks about me asking him to come out on another walk. And as soon as he does, this conversation just flows all by itself. Here it goes. Climbing the hill. He said he was bored. Then come on a walk with me, I replied. I'm going to climb a hill. Why would I want to climb a hill? Because, I said. He gazed at me. Which hill? It's called Red Screes. It's in the Lake District, near Ambleside. I've never heard of it. It's a little town by Lake Windermere. Old slate buildings. So what do we do? We drive to Ambleside. How long will that take? About two hours. And then what? We park the car in the little car park there. It will cost about £8. And then what? We put on boots and start to climb. It's a bit steep when you just leave the town, but then we cut into a field and walk along there. If you turn around, you can see the lake behind you. It's pretty. I don't like lakes. What then? We keep on walking. It gets steeper then. We'll have to stop and take rests. We keep on climbing. We leave the trees behind. They can't grow up there. Why not? Too high, too windy. So what is up there? Sheep. I don't like sheep. Okay, so we keep climbing. There won't be any sheep after a while. Why not? Too high for the sheep. And you want us to keep on climbing? Yes. There's a flat bit and then another steep bit and then we get to the top. And what's at the top? A cairn. A cairn? What's that? A pile of stones. He paused. How long will all this take? About three hours. So you're suggesting we walk three hours to see a pile of stones? Yes. Is that it? Well, if it's not raining or if the clouds aren't too low, there might be a spectacular view. Might be. What are the chances? I don't know. About one in four? So the chances are that all we'll see is a pile of stones? Yes, but we'll have lunch then. Is there a cafe? No, we have to eat on the side of the hill, out of the wind, but we can take a sandwich. 
What sort of sandwich? Cheese. Cheese. I've got some expensive chutney. It's pear and apple. I don't like... You don't like pear and apple. No. So, after we've eaten this sandwich, what then? We come back. The same way? No, another way. So let's get this right. You want me to drive two hours to a tiny town, walk three hours up a hill to see a pile of stones, stand on the side of that hill and eat a cheese sandwich, then walk back to the same town and drive home again. And that will stop me being bored. No. No, it won't stop me being bored. Then why do you suggest it? Because I didn't realise that would be your attitude. After the conversation. And that's it. And I understand a little bit more about my husband. And Tony understands a little bit more about us both as well. My character alters a little bit and Tony now understands a little bit more about me. He sees me in a truer light. Sometimes he thinks that writing a character is like a sculptor chipping away stone. I'm an artist, an illustrator. Tony thought me silly at first, pretentious and removed from reality. A spoilt child acting like an adult. But now he's spent some time walking in my shoes, having me inhabit these walks that he takes in the hills, he sees me better, more like I am. He sees me as an adult. He can see my strengths. He can see me as I see myself, why I've become the way I am. I started out almost as a comedy figure. Now I'm becoming one of the strongest characters in the book. The sort of person who finds climbing the hill is enough. It wasn't about the view. I'm actually the complete opposite to what he initially imagined. We've stood here long enough. Night is descending. Coming down. I set off down. The clouds are moving in. I can feel the faintest edge of rain on the wind. There are other characters in this story and I should be thinking about how I would react to them. They should be walking with us, but I can feel that Tony wants us to get home. He's hungry. He's thinking of sausages and fried potatoes. That's my German husband's influence. His characters often influence him as he tries to shape them. The clouds are moving closer. I walk back into the woods. Looking back, the trees are so black against the pale sky, like someone has taken a hammer to the horizon and shattered the glass upon which the clouds are painted. There are so many colours in the clouds on a night like this. Tony is writing these notes down on his phone, but me, Annabelle, I'm thinking about all the colours of the leaves, the gold, the brown, the yellow, the ochre. And Tony starts thinking that ochre is just a colour that writers use in their prose. And I say, no, no, these words are ones an artist would use. And I am an artist. But the light is fading and the colours are all invisible now. There are just shades of grey and black. 
no more colours, just their memory captured as notes on a phone waiting to be inserted into a story later on. There is lots of movement in the car park. It's dog walking time. A collie runs up, sniffs my hand, but somebody calls and it turns and pricks its ears and then it's gone. And I'm gone. And Tony is heading home for dinner. Thank you to Tony Ballantyne for this month's listener contribution. You can find out more about Tony and his work by visiting his website, www.tonyballantyne.com. We'll print links in the show notes for this podcast. We're always delighted to read your contributions. So if you'd like to see your words in write on or hear them on this podcast, please get in touch. We'll share this link and all others mentioned in today's podcast as part of our show notes. I've been Tiffany Clare, and you've been listening to Write on Audio. Write on Audio is produced by Chris Gregory, and it's an alternative stories production for pen to print. 